This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. We are now recording. We are. Okay. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night. Thank you for joining us on At The Turn, another special edition. Nick, they're all special in quarantine, aren't they? They are. I kind of I like this version of At The Turn. A little bit different. We're getting a little bit creative. We've done the movies. We've dipped into trivia. And now we're going to do... A deep dive. Yes, we're going to look at one Patrick Reed, a very interesting character in the golf world. If you are not familiar with him, (laughs) you will be by the end of this podcast. I'm basically going to turn it over to my co-host, Nick Heidelberger, who has done extensive research on Patrick Reed. I'll be here to provide a little color. But Nick, you're just here to educate the people on the 2018 Masters Champion, are you not? Yeah, we're going to learn all about Patrick Reed. And um, my wife asked me, you know, why are you doing this podcast on Patrick Reed? Which is probably what most of you are asking yourselves if you're still listening a minute into this (laughs) podcast. But he's a very polarizing figure. I mean, he's there's been times where I've absolutely loved him and and times where I've grown to hate him. And I think we'll touch on a lot of that here. Um, But. His career is very, very unique, and um, he's a very polarizing figure in golf, but one that's probably not going away. Um, I did all this research. All of this is – there's nothing that you probably didn't already know before. It's all just stuff I found in news articles, but we're just putting it all together in one place at one time to kind of get a grasp on the life and times of Patrick Reed. So um, you ready, Joe? Yeah, so how are you going to do this? Are you going to start with like his birth in a hospital and take us up to present day? Is that, is that the idea? timeline, yep. We're doing it all by, by, by timeline. We're, we're going to start 
1990, August 5th, San Antonio, Texas. So that is the day Patrick Reed was born. He's got a big birthday coming up this year. 90s kid, huh? Yeah, 1990. God, they're so young these days. He was born in San Antonio, Texas. Nothing much interesting happens. Uh, We're going to fast forward to 2005. That is the first year his major golf accomplishment. He was a Rolex AJGA All-America selection. 2005 as a 15-year-old. Um, so that's like that. a, that's like a junior tour, right? That's like where the, yeah, the tour junior that the juniors go on. Yeah. He's 15, kind of making his way through the ranks at that point. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't done anything. He hasn't, you know, cheated or done anything terrible at this point in his life. He's still a young, fresh-faced well, kid. Off the record, maybe, I mean, who knows what he's done, but... <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing, uh, you know, on the record going back that far. Okay. Uh, 2006, uh, second time Rolex uh, AJGA All America. He leads University High School in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to a state championship. His family has relocated to Louisiana. Mike Johnson, the head pro at the LSU golf course in Baton Rouge, had this to say about Patrick Reed: In the summers and on weekends, he would show up by himself hit balls for eight hours straight, maybe one break in the middle to drink a Powerade. find it interesting, not a Gatorade guy, but not surprising. Nobody <laughs> Always had to against push the grain, Patrick Reed. <laughs> Seriously. He's waiting for Powerade to catch on still. <laughs> Nobody had to push him. He had an incredible drive to succeed. I don't think you can make a kid that way. It comes from inside. So, some very kind words. Um, I think a couple things highlight there. He's a loner. He's by himself. He's not playing with his buddies. He's 16 years old at this point. Um, spending eight hours a day at the range by himself. Um, you know, I'm sure the same could be said of a lot of guys on tour now his age, but maybe a little bit of foreshadowing to his you know, social preferences. Yeah, I mean, dude wears red on Sundays in quote-unquote honor of Tiger, and it sounds like he tried to replicate the Tiger training regimen as far as golf is concerned, not necessarily from a physical fitness perspective. <laughs> but, you know, he's 15, 16 years old. This is 2005, 2006, when Tiger is maybe not at the absolute peak of his powers, but a little post-peak of his powers. And I'm sure Tiger Re- or Tiger Reed, Patrick Reed is just trying to emulate Tiger and practice like he does. I'm sure he assumed Tiger was a loner and not very jovial with he wasn't Tiger wasn't hanging out with the boys, at least in the beginning. And that's probably what Patrick Reed was trying to do, even as a youngster. Right, right. 2007, All America once again um leads University High School again to a second state championship. Also is the individual medalist in the high school state championship in Louisiana. So, you know, down south, Louisiana boys is I'm sure there's some decent competition down there. So Pretty good to uh, be the high school state champion in 2007. So, dude's got a really good resume going into college, right? Yeah. Three times, junior player of the year, individual medalist, state high school champion. He's got the pedigree. He's ready to go to the top colleges. In 2008, Joe, he reaches the semifinals of the U.S. Amateur. So, before he even steps foot in college, he is in the semifinals of the U.S. Amateur Loses three and two to Danny Lee, who at the time was the number one amateur in the world. Do you know Danny Lee? Danny Lee, noted weirdo Danny Lee. Yeah, he um he kind of came up with Ricky and that crew. So kind of like the early 30s crew. And I think he's good buddies with Ricky. He was a really good PGA Tour player early on in his career. 
And the big joke about him was, was like how weird and dry he was on social media. And he would just like DM models and like try to date them and stuff. Just like <laughs> totally unironically, he would just do it, which is so funny because Danny Lee is such like a soft spoken kind of a guy. And he was kind of a big time player there for a few years, but fizzled out a little bit. You'll see him on a leaderboard every now and then. So he's, you know, a so professional he's still on tour. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought I recognized the name a little bit and, and a lot of these things I like went off to do more research on, but then I'm like, I have 10 pages in this document. Like how much do I really need to know about Danny Lee? Yeah. So I left that one alone. Um, fall of 2008, Patrick Reed begins his college golf career at the university of Georgia. His team issues at the university of Georgia begin his fall semester He's accused of cheating in a team qualifying event at the University of Georgia. So basically, those of you who aren't familiar with college golf, there might be like 10, 12 guys on a team, but five go to a tournament. So the coach will probably have two or three or four selected, like you guys are going. And then the last spots, they're basically like, all right, we're going to go play 18 holes. Whoever wins, you guys are getting the last spots. So they're having a qualifying round for this trip, for this tournament, and According to Shane Ryan's book, Slaying the Tiger, quote, during a qualified round prior to a tournament, according to sources close to the team, Reed hit a ball far into the rough. When he approached the spot, he found another ball sitting closer to the fairway and was preparing to hit his shot when several of his teammates confronted him. Reed pleaded ignorance, but other Georgia players were convinced he had been caught right-handed trying to cheat couple things there that book is extraordinary slaying the tiger it's i'm sure you'll probably reference it again um it's basically just like a deep dive on the pga tour from i think like four or five years ago but jordan spieth is kind of the star of it patrick reed is in it a lot too but really really interesting book um yeah patrick reed got caught this is the first of a long pattern of him doing questionable things and pleading ignorance which i guess is his defense when these things happen. Uh, by the way, I played in a couple of those in high school, Nick. Those are nerve-wracking. Those qualifying matches, holy cow. I couldn't imagine having the balls to try to cheat, though. I mean, you're doing it in front of your teammates. Like, who that's who the are worst also people. dialed in trying to get this spot. Yeah, the worst people you can cheat are your actual teammates in college. It's terrible. Well, Patrick Reed was not much of a teammate, it sounds like, during his time at Georgia. Also, during his fall at Georgia, um... Another excerpt here. Several items went missing from the Georgia locker room, which I've been involved with college athletics for a while in my life. The quickest way to get booted from a team is to steal from the locker room. The absolute cardinal sin. I mean, there's a million things you can't do. That is the one. No bones about it. Like you are no longer welcome on this team stealing from the locker room. So Wait several items. Went... I have to. I have to pause you there. Um, I'm not going to ask you to name specifics at all, but. It sounds like you have some experience with that in your past. Uh, there was, yeah, during the, the Rob Akey tenure at University of Idaho, there was, a, there was a situation that was handled swiftly and decidedly. I will, I'll say that. Nice. I'm glad you uh, – yeah. go Vandals. Go Vandals. And, and that, yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Uh, several items went missing from the Georgia locker room, including $400 cash. Now, I'm going to stop you right here, Joe. Ooh. Like, I remember one time when I was in college – I had a, a birthday party and I had like my grandma had sent me a, a card with $25 cash in it and I put it in my wallet for my birthday and somebody stole my wallet from my from my apartment for my birthday party with $25 in it and I was 
so irate. I was so livid. I found out like six months later, it was like my friend's friend's roommate who like I didn't even know who came and just lifted my wallet out of my own birthday party. And I was so mad with $25 stolen as a college kid. We're talking $400 cash was stolen. When Reed showed up the next day with a large wad of cash, a teammate confronted him, asked how he got the money. Reed said he played golf with a professor at the school and hustled him out of the cash. The player in question took this claim to the professor, who had no idea what Patrick was talking about. He said it had been weeks since he played golf with Patrick. There's a lot going on there that we need to break down. So I'm going to set aside the cheating for one second. The alibi of you are gambling with a professor at the college (laughs) and that's where you got the money. You're already on shaky ground with your teammates and you confess that you are committing, which I assume would be a clear NCAA violation to people that probably want to rat you out. And why would you think your teammate is not going to corroborate this with the professor? He's just going to accept it at face value. He's obviously accusing you of stealing his money. He's not going to believe you because he already thinks you're a cheater from a previous incident. So he's going to go to the professor. I love that the professor's like, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I haven't played golf with this kid in weeks. And the balls for Patrick to show up with the wad of cash, not even like discreetly in his back pocket, but to have it displayed in some fashion is crazy. Now, the actual stealing of the money itself, to your point, $400. If I had $400 at like of disposable income in college or just money that I didn't need, you better believe me and the boys are having a great time that night. I'm not doing anything <laughs> yeah. responsible with it. But if someone was to take that money from me, hell, hellfire and brimstone everywhere, Nick. It would be a disaster. I could not imagine losing that amount of money. Now, if you're a college golfer, perhaps life isn't as difficult as it would be for someone else in certain right. circumstances. Who knows what the, what the economic backgrounds of the college golfers at the University of Georgia in 2008 were. Who knows? But that's... So far, besides the point that not well, only does the money. He supposedly, allegedly steal this money, but the next day he rips out this wad of cash. That is the ball. It's either ballsy or ignorant. One time, and I'm bringing up all these stories of times like I had stuff stolen from me, but in college, I'm just, it's just reminding me of this. I like was in a class, and it was like a. a interactive class it was a media class we were like shooting like a tv show or whatever and i had a sweatshirt on i took off the sweatshirt and left it in the corner of the class in the next class session one of my classmates was wearing the sweatshirt i'm like whoa dude like i get that i left it that's my bad but like you're you're coming back to the scene of the crime (laughs) yeah i mean look in college you're gonna run across all different types of people some people are very comfortable stealing. Some people being brazen about it. And it sounds like Patrick Reed's one of those people. Seriously. So, assistant Georgia golf coach Jason Payne had this to say, which I find very enlightening. It's the, it's the only bit we get to hear about, you know, clues of Patrick Reed before he was in college. Uh, while getting to know Patrick, through the recruiting process as a coach, a few character issues came to light that we as coaches thought we could help Patrick with. 
There is no doubt in the ability of Patrick as a golfer. It was Patrick as a person that we chose not to associate with. So he's saying this after he left the team. The story that has been reported by Shane Ryan is an accurate account of his college career at UGA, including the suspicions held by his former teammates. Wow. So, so he's basically to... confirming, yes. And Patrick Reed, for the record, refuted everything in this book that was bad about his college career. And it gets worse. I'll let you, I'll let you keep going. Well, it's, it, it's an important theme. He just, he just claims ignorance. Every time he, somebody asks him a question, oh, I didn't know. Oh, no, that wasn't me. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, and maybe the first or two, like second time that happens, if it's spaced over a long period of time, sure, you can take someone at their word. But if you're showing a consistent pattern, ignorance is the worst alibi, except for maybe one of your college professors gambling with you on the golf course. Exactly. But I almost, I almost look at this because I've got all the rest of these notes going on. But I look at this and like – if he was confronted by his teammates for cheating at that point in time as a freshman in his first semester of college, and he's like, holy shit, you know what? You're right. Like, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have been doing that. Like, wow, I'm going to learn from this. Like, maybe there's a chance for Patrick. Like, Maybe he earns a little bit of respect, you know, rather than weaseling his way out of everything. And he can own up to his behavior and not let that be his reputation for the next 15 years. Well, we're all young and stupid at some point. And right. he, I'm sure there'll be many more examples of him having opportunities to come clean. And you're right, maybe being held accountable, admitting the mistakes that he made, which would allow him to turn into a different kind of person. But at the end of the day, maybe him being this kind of person is what he needs to do to succeed on the golf course at such a high level. Who are we to say? So... 2009-2010, Patrick Reed transfers to Augusta State. Joe, have you heard of Augusta State? Is it in Georgia? It is. It is oh. that Augusta. Okay, great. It is a Division II team for every sport except for men's and women's golf. So Division II and Division Three teams can designate one program within their athletic department to compete at the Division One level if they so choose. It's why you've heard of Johns Hopkins lacrosse and not Johns Hopkins basketball. Um, so Augusta State has designated their men's and women's golf programs as Division One. The rest of their athletic department is Division Two team. So that is where Patrick Reed finds himself for his sophomore year of college. May I pause you right there? What you just said is a fascinating tidbit about NCAA athletics. I had no idea, but it makes a lot of sense because you do see schools that you don't associate with athletics have one program, and you're like, why is Delaware swimming so good? This is so strange, and that's what it is. Small schools getting the ability to play up in their best sport. Correct, and it's big with men's hockey. Um, so, you know, you're like union men's hockey winning the national championship, and you're like, who the hell is union? So, exactly, yeah. Um, you get Augusta State men's golf, winning a national championship. Joe, this happened. Patrick Reed transfers to Augusta State his sophomore year of college. Augusta State wins the Division I men's golf national championship. A hero. Right? He vanquishes all of his demons at University of Georgia. He's going to turn over a new leaf. He's going to be the most loved professional golfer over the course of the decade. I can't wait for the rest of the story. Vindication. It is the program's first national championship in any 
of their 11 sports. Mind you, the rest of them are Division II. So, like, not even their men's basketball teams pulled the Division II title. So, I'm just going to run by the teams that they beat to win the national championship. Let's go. They beat the third-seeded Georgia Tech team. Then they beat the second-seeded Florida State team and the top-seeded Oklahoma State team in, in the match play rounds. Oklahoma State golf is what what is a good comparison it's like the usc trojans during the Pete carroll era they're yeah, like so exactly. far and above everybody else from a recruiting standpoint facilities the names the pros they churn out they're the peak of golf and have been for what 15 years now probably it's been a while so well i mean in 2010 they were in the the championship match but it's just that it's a match so patrick reed on your team it's not like having kobe it's not like you can have one good player and all of a sudden you have the best team because it's match play. There's five matches. Patrick Reed can go win 10 and 8, but if the other four guys aren't doing anything, you're going to lose 4 to 1 in match play. So the Augusta State team, I'm going to read you the results of the 2010 National Championship match play in uh, with Augusta State versus Oklahoma State. Can't wait. So the number five match. Sean Einhouse from Oklahoma State of course. defeated Carter Newman from Augusta State 2-1. and one. Any other things like a, a bell? That sounds like the fives. Yeah, it's we can the keep going. Match. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The four match, Taylor Floyd from Augusta State halved with Trent Whitekiller from Oklahoma State. <laughs> I love how Southern, like, <laughs> if you were an author and trying to make up Southern college golfer names, Trent Whitekiller would be at the, like, no. That's too over the top. We can't do that one. <laughs> Number three. I'm going to butcher this so bad. Mitch Crywoltz from Augusta State defeated Kevin Tway from Oklahoma ah, State. One up. Kevin Tway, bomber of the golf ball. His dad won the PGA Championship in the 80s. Hell yeah, let's go. There you go. So Augusta State at this point ha- is, is ahead in the match. Number two, Patrick Reed from Augusta State. Defeats Peter Uline from Oklahoma oh. State four and two. You know about Peter Uline? Tell me. Oh, well, Peter Uline, his daddy runs a Kushnet, mm-hmm. which is the parent company of Titleist. Peter Uline graduated and he went immediately to the European tour. I don't know if he had to. I think he may have had the game to qualify for the PGA tour, but the advantage Peter Uline had over other golfers who may want to, I don't know, travel around Europe being a rich <laughs> professional golfer in their early 20s was he didn't need to finish in the top 10 to have a little bankroll, okay? He could have a great night, and I think he did pretty well on the European Tour. I think he won once or twice. And he eventually made his way over to the PGA Tour, but very recently, like in the last two, three years, and I think he's bounced back and forth between the mini tours. But it's interesting to see his name pop up because, I don't know if you know, but Watching the European tour events early in the morning, you always have the flags that are accompanying the countries because you have such a international flavor, right? Well, Peter Uline was one of the few Americans who would consistently be like in the top 30 of leaderboards and, you know, have the game and be there. So I always saw his name on there. Very interesting guy. Um, yeah. And who won that match? Patrick Reed won. Of course. Yeah. The number one match, Henrik Norlander from Augusta State defeated Morgan Hoffman from Oklahoma State 5-4. Oh, a beatdown. A beatdown. Beatdown. 
Those are your five matches in the national championship match of the 2010 Division One Men's Golf National Championship. So that leaves Augusta State with the program's first national championship in any sport. Patrick Reed gave the Jags a two and one advantage when he closed out Peter Uline four and two. He trailed only briefly in the match, losing the first hole when Uline birdied. Reed answered with a birdie on the par five second hole and followed with birdies on the third and fourth holes, led by as much as five up through ten. What's the nickname of Augusta State? Did you say Jags? Are they the Jaguars? Yeah, that's right. That's fine. That's I don't know. Okay, moving on. Uh, yeah, I'm neutral on the nickname. Okay, <laughs> 2010 Patrick Reed again leads Augusta State to another national championship. Two in two years. Can you believe that? Guess who they beat in the national championship match? Georgia. Georgia. Oh, stop it. Patrick Reed faces his former team, the University of Georgia Bulldogs, and this time Patrick Reed is in the number one match. He's in that last match. The whole overall team match is tied. It comes down to Patrick. It's tied two to two. comes down to Patrick's match. He pulls out. A two-in-one win over Harris English to give Augusta wow. State the national championship over those guys who hate him and want to beat him so bad at the University of Georgia. BGA Tour winner Harris English. So, we know Patrick Reed wins the Masters, okay? I'm going to spoil that for you folks. I'm very sorry. I only bring this up to ask the following. If you're Patrick Reed, you win the green jacket. Certainly the crowning accomplishment of your career or is it because the team that essentially kicked you to the curb is who you beat to win the national championship? It's pretty damn close, isn't it? Like, what felt better to Patrick Reed? Winning the green jacket or just sticking a big middle finger to the entire University of Georgia program, which I'm sure felt so great to him, given the kind of person he is? Well, I'm going to say the win against Georgia felt better for two reasons. Number one, that was so much more personal than a Masters win. I mean, it was the it was the guys who literally, ran, I don't want to say they ran him out of the program because he ran himself out. He, you did what you did, you get what Fair. you got. So, so that's on him. Uh, to quote a sign from Jimmy Jones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also, if he would have lost that match to Georgia in given all of those guys the satisfaction. That would have killed him. So for that reason, that's why I think that was more important to him than his Masters win. Yeah, I agree. I, I just think being sort of a, a, a petty-type character that Patrick Reed is, that would be the thing that he treasures most, more than the Masters, especially at that age too, right? Because mm-hmm. it's such a age where you can go one of two ways, where these sort of petty things that you may let go as you get older in your 30s and 40s, but when you're 21, 22, and you're right in it, yeah, it's going to matter a lot more. That's crazy. We're in agreement there. Yeah, and he's saying to these people, you know, hey, I've got two national championships. What do you have? Like, you kicked me off your team. Now I have two Now I have two rings. Um, so I don't have any specific incidents here, but I do note that during his time at Augusta State, Patrick Reed was suspended for two tournaments for a cheating incident. I wish I had more details, but that's wow. all that I know. I mean, but suspended for two tournaments, so clearly something happened. A cheating incident? Yeah. 
that had to have happened within the confines of the team, right? Because wouldn't the NCAA hand out the suspension as opposed to the team handing down the suspension, right? Yeah, like I mean, it, it could have been, like a- been a qualifying, it could have been a practice, or it could right. have been... It could have also been, I, who, yeah, who knows? I mean, if it was in an actual tournament and somebody is punishing him for it, they would have punished him externally. You're so, right. You, 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 you can't say, hey, I'm punishing you because it's the right thing to do, but we're not going to, you know, bring it to light anywhere else. Exactly. So to recap, his co- are, are, we, are we putting a cap on college? Two natties, he's done. He's going okay. pro after this. So two national championships, the stealing of $400, and two cheating incidents at two separate institutions. That is the collegiate career of one Patrick Reed. Correct. He also finished third individually in the NCAA championships one year. Um, just just as a side note. Yeah, so basically, so, for folks that aren't familiar, what happens real quick is they play individual stroke play, and the teams that combined have the best score qualify for a match play tournament, and then they play the team event. But the person who has the lowest individual score is considered the NCAA individual champion. So kind of two different tournaments within Correct. one tournament. There's an individual champion and a team champion for sure. sure, but they're different. Yeah. You don't crown the individual championship during the team matches. So, right. You know, you can't be like double dipping. So anyways, he's got a second national championship. He just beat the dogs. He's on top of the world. Um, he has met his future wife, Justine, who we'll talk about later. Patrick Reed in 2011, after the NCAA championship, he's turning pro, Joe. He's turning pro. His first PGA Tour event is the FedEx St. Jude Classic. Care to take a gander oh. how he does? Dead last. Miscut. Okay, MC. MC. He MCs his first event. He plays two more events in 2011, earns $20,000, played another two on the Nationwide Tour. Earned five thousand dollars. So in 2011, Patrick Reed earned twenty five thousand dollars his first year in professional golf. It's also the last year that I earned more money than Patrick Reed. <laughs> I'd love to share how much I made in 2011, but I might start crying if I do. <laughs> That's the year we were both in Idaho together, baby. You and I were 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 drinking five dollar buckets of Keystone oh. Light at the Champions. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we were. What a time to be alive in 2011 in Moscow, Idaho. Mm. 2012, though. It's not going to take long for Patrick Reed to uh, find his stride. He plays in 12 PGA Tour events, six on sponsor exemptions. Joe, this may be one of the most ridiculous stats in here. He Monday qualifies six times. Wow. I don't know much about Monday qualifying. Other than that, it's insane. Six seems like a lot. So I'll say this about Monday qualifying. There's been some really in-depth articles about Monday qualifying. For folks that don't know what that is, the basic premise is you can get a sponsor's exemption into a tournament, which means they they hold a certain number of spots. And the sponsor of the tournament, let's say it's the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. AT&T gets to decide who gets those spots, and they give them to either big-name players or up-and-comers just based on a variety of factors. Or celebrity golfers, like Tony Robo, Steph Curry. Exactly, yes. However, Monday qualifying is the pool of guys that are professional golfers that aren't exempt into the tournament and haven't otherwise qualified. And they usually hold like two to four spots for those guys. 
So what happens is the, like, let's just say the 150th best golfer to the 250th best golfer in the United States of America are all competing in this one-day 18-hole tournament on the Monday before a tournament starts on Thursday, and whoever gets the lowest score qualifies for the tournament. But, Nick, out of the articles I've read, you ain't going out there and shooting a 69 and qualifying for these tournaments. you got to shoot, like, 62-61. you got to light yeah. the course on fire to get these spots. So, Patrick Reed, and you're doing this with so much at stake. It's not like you're playing in the big tournament already and you're trying to win. You're trying to survive. So this is like the highest stakes poker game. It's the ultimate betting $10, only having five in your pocket kind of situation. Absolutely. Because if you were good enough, you would have money and it wouldn't be so important. Also, yeah, it's a, it's a complete birdie fest. Guys are walking off after four or five, six holes because if they make a bogey, if they're, if they're two over through seven, you have no chance. So what are you, what are you even doing out there? So, yeah, you're right. It takes 62, 63 just to get through. So he Monday qualified six times in 2012, which I was very impressed by. So he plays in 12 tournaments, six sponsor exemptions, six Monday qualifications. He makes seven cuts and earns $300,000. His best finish is a T11 at the Fries.com Open. Seems pretty good to me. Hell yeah, let's go. Top 12. I'm ready. Come on. Yeah. So he goes to Q School. Um, 2012 finishes 22nd at Q School, secures his PGA Tour card. This is before Q School just took you to the web.com slash nationwide slash corn fairy tour. So 2012 finishes T22, goes gets his tour card for 2013. December 21st, 2012, this is a big moment for, for Patrick Reed. He marries Justine Karang. If you know anything about Patrick Reed, you know something about Justine. I know that uh, she's on the bag. Is that what you're talking about? Well, she caddied for him. She, she's overall just viewed as a menace. Just a, like like just another Patrick Reed in, in, in female form. Yeah, for sure. Tell, so, tell me more. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Patrick Reed expressed some <laughs> misgivings about Patrick marrying somebody. So he was so young. I mean, he's like what, 22 years old. So they just kind of cautioned him to slow down and maybe like yes yes yeah. patrick reed's parents before the wedding so instead of listening to his parents or just being like hey i appreciate your concern gonna marry her anyways patrick reed basically exiled his parents the advice was not well received bill and jeanette and his sister hannah were not invited to the wedding patrick cut off contact with his family completely instead surrounding himself with justine's people her brother kessler took over Justine's caddying duties once their first child was born. Um, her sister, Chris, serves as the nanny for their daughter, Windsor Wells. Janet, um, who is Justine's mom, regularly travels with the family. In an on-the-record interview, Janet had a series of disparaging things to say about Bill and Jeanette and the way they raised their son. Yeah, so here's here's probably the trickiest territory we're going to get into during this podcast because there's I've never really seen a definitive article or something that says A, B, and C happened, but there's a lot of reference and inference to the fact that Patrick Reed did not have a great childhood growing up. Now, 
to whatever degree that means, I don't really know. So I'm not going to sit here and speculate that there was some sort of abuse going on or anything of that nature. It's just sort of known that it was not a good situation in some way. So I'm going to give Patrick a full pass on anything having to do with not inviting the family to the wedding, marrying Justine, ignoring the advice, kind of adopting her family as his family. I don't really think we can play the game of, well, Patrick Reed is a dick because he didn't invite his parents to the family. I'm not saying you're doing that, Nick. All I'm oh, saying I am is, doing that. I'm, I am 100% doing that. Oh, boy, I gave you an out. All right, go ahead. Well, I, I will echo what you said. I don't know what happened with his childhood. I don't know what happened with his parents. I don't know what they said about Justine. I don't know what they did. But the parents are and have always have made an effort. To they 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 showed up at the U.S. Open in 2014 to follow Patrick Reed. He wouldn't talk to them. He wouldn't look at them. He had them removed from the tournament. He they had a house in Augusta 2018. Their family is having this family party, watching Patrick Reed win the Masters. They're like so excited that he's winning, but he won't talk to them, and it breaks their heart. So I don't know what happened. But I can't sit here and say that they don't care, that they're not interested in him. Like, they clearly, Patrick Reed's family wants a relationship with Patrick Reed and he's not reciprocating. So, again, I don't know what happened, but it seems like if Patrick Reed was interested at all, that option would have been there. And he's not only not taken it, but had them removed from the U.S. Open, won't speak to them, has had no contact with them since. I mean, these parents have two grandchildren who they've never met. I understand all of that, but I don't think that, and I think we're just going to disagree about this. I, I, I am giving him a full pass here. I don't know what his childhood was. I don't know what his upbringing was. And even though he has shown a proclivity for bad behavior and bad judgment, there's a one-to-one correlation with the stories about the cheating, right? With this, there's, God, 20-some-odd years in the bank with these people. We have no idea what kind of people they are. And, of course, people are going to come out of the woodwork when someone is successful and they're having some sort of great accomplishment. Patrick Reed got to go on Stephen Colbert. He got to do the whole Empire State Building thing when he won the Masters. So I'm not going to give Patrick Reed any sort of guff for this situation. We don't know what happened. He might have a very good reason for wanting these people excommunicated from his life for the rest of his life. And we just don't know. It's a good point. I don't disagree. I understand there's so much we don't know. We're never going to know. I mean, if 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 he wanted to share the story, he would by now, clearly. Um, we're never going to know. And it is what it is. But I I, I feel it, it's, it does bother me, for sure. But if you... Out of all of this story of Patrick Reed, for sure, that, that definitely bothers me. We are going to move on, Joe, to 2013. Okay. Patrick Reed has his PGA Tour card. Ah! He gets his first PGA Tour win on August 18th. He wins the Wyndham Championship in a playoff over... Tiger Woods. Jordan Spieth. Oh. Yes. 
Now and he has a very interesting dynamic with Jordan Spieth. Yes. Yes, he does. And you may not know this, so I'm going to look it up real quick. Did Jordan Spieth have any PGA Tour wins at that point? Well, it was 2013. He must have. He, he had to have. Actually, I don't know. 2013, did, I would when, say yes. When, when was that tournament? August 18th, 2013. Okay, so Jordan Spieth had won his first John Deere Classic just a month before, was riding high, and yeah, he lost uh, a playoff. Actually, Jordan Spieth won a playoff on the fifth extra hole to get his first victory one month before this at the John Deere Classic. Then he's facing off with Patrick Reed thinking, I'm going to take this fool to the cleaners, and lost. So, in the playoff, Reed recovered from a bad drive on the par 4 10th that came a few feet from going out of bounds, stopping oh. some pine needles in the woods near a television oh. cable. <laughs> Reed pulled out his 7-iron, uncorked a baseball swing from an uphill lie, and sent the ball under a tree branch, yet away, far away, away from the tree trunk, landed his shot 7 feet from the pin. Reed said, quote, it was the best shot of my life, that's for sure. This is coming from a man who's won two NCAA championships. Jordan Spieth said, one of the best shots I've ever witnessed. Jordan was on the green in two. He had a 10-foot birdie putt and missed that, which would have matched Patrick Reed. Noted bad putter, Jordan Spieth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, very uh, eventful first win. That's August 2013 for Patrick Reed. We're going to move on to March of 2014. Six, eight, nine months later, Patrick Reed wins the WGC Cadillac Championship, earning $1.53 million. Became only the fifth golfer to earn three PGA Tour wins before his 24th birthday. Um, The fifth since 1990. Joining Tiger, Phil, Rory, and Sergio. So clearly I skipped over one of those PGA Tour wins in there. He's the youngest winner of a WGC event. Also the victory moved him to 20th in the OWGR. So he's been on tour Less than two years, he's number 20 in the world. He was the first PGA Tour golfer to have three wins before playing in his first major. Okay, that's an interesting stat. I mean, I say that because, you know, qualify for a major, bro. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, the timing of those wins probably mapped it out to where you know, the automatic win didn't get you into Augusta, but he didn't qualify for the U.S. Open. Very impressive. Congrats, Pat. Congrats. Well, also it's interesting because a lot of guys coming up through the ranks, if they you know had a prestigious college career, may have qualified for a U.S. Open. You, sure. If you're like top amateurs can qualify for like the British Open, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, the fact that he's won three PGA Tour events, had an established amateur career and still had never competed in a major was one thing this quote I'm about to read you I want you to keep in mind it's coming from a man who has never competed in a major championship in his golfing career which is also and I will <laughs> I've worked so hard I've won a lot in my career did great things in my amateur career was 6 and 0 in match play in the NCAAs one NCAAs two years in a row got third individually one year, and now I have three wins out here on the PGA Tour. I just don't see a lot of guys who have done that, besides Tiger Woods, of course, and, you know, the other legends of the game. It's just one of those things I believe in myself, and especially with how hard I've worked, I'm one of the top five players in the world. 
to come out in a field like this and to hold on wire to wire to uh, I feel like I've proved myself. I'm going to completely defend him here. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. How confident do you feel about your golf game when you make a single birdie on a golf hole? Invincible. In bring on, bring on the club championship. Exactly. Imagine coming out on tour. You Monday qualify six times, which means you're probably firing 62 against the top 99% of golfers in the world. The best golfers in the world. You are finding a way to beat them over 18 holes. Then you win three PGA Tour events in the span of 18 months against great fields. You win all this money. You're feeling good. You're cocky. You're 23. You're 24. Gary Koch comes up to you. He sticks a microphone in your face and says, how do you feel about your game right now? Guess what I'm going to say. I'm one of the best. You to ask. Yes, I'm one of the best five golfers in the world. Thank you, Gary Koch, for asking me that wonderful question. I just think that a lot of golfers, and this speaks exactly to the polar opposite ends of the spectrum, him and Jordan Spieth, where Jordan Spieth was a senator at age 17, and Patrick Reed isn't that kind of guy. I don't like Patrick Reed at all, but I defend him here. I think that's the attitude that all these guys have, and he just verbalized it. I cannot agree more. I remember this point in Patrick Reed's career, and I'm reading like Bob Rotella's 15th club, and you've got to have all this confidence. You've got to believe you're the best golfer in the world. And I'm like, oh my God, I do believe it. I do believe it, Bob. And I'm seeing Patrick Reed, who's just coming off, another win and he's this young guy and he's like yeah of course i'm one of the top five in the world and i'm like yeah you are patrick like go i've never heard you before but i'm looking at you and i'm looking at this graphic on the tv it looks like you've won three times so why not let's go at this point and i and like when this podcast first began joe i was known a little bit for like defending patrick reed at this point I didn't know about what he did in college. I didn't know about his cheating stuff. I liked Patrick Reed. I was like, he's an up-and-comer. He's confident. He's winning. That's great. So I was all on board for Patrick Reed. And if you're not on board yet, you're about to get even more on board because next up is the 2014 Ryder Cup, Joe. What happens? Patrick Reed dominates. He goes 3-0. Patrick Reed goes 3-0-1. He's a Ryder Cup rookie in 2014. He qualified for the team. He was not a captain's pick. He was, although he qualified, he was the second worst ranked U.S. player. He was number 27 in the world. Webb Simpson was a captain's pick, was number 33. But can't leave Webb off the team. I think we can. Please continue. (laughs) Friday four ball. Uh, Patrick Reed's first ever Ryder Cup match. He and Jordan Spieth go five and four over Gallagher and Poulter. Oh, the story team of Gallagher. Well, I shouldn't make fun of Poulter. Poulter is one of the best match players in Ryder Cup history. For sure. Saturday four ball, Spieth and Reed, another five and four, maybe five and three win over Bjorn and Keimer. Saturday foursomes, Spieth and Reed again. They have Keimer and Rose. Sunday singles, Reed wins one up over Henrik Stenson. And you may be rolling your eyes over Martin Keimer, but... No, I'm not rolling my eyes, no. Well, I'm I'm just saying, generally speaking, Martin Keimer won the U.S. Open that year by, like, nine shots. So let's, yeah, show the man some respect. I was there at Pinehurst. It was dusty. It was a terrible golf tournament. He won by eight shots. Awful. But 
a good win for Patrick Reed in the Ryder Cup. Patrick Reed goes 3-0-1 that Ryder Cup. 2-0-1 with Jordan Spieth. Obviously, he won a singles match on top of that. The United States loses 16.5 to 11.5. Jesus, thank God Spieth and Reed did so well. That's still a beatdown. <laughs> it, is, it is a beatdown. 11.5 points. Patrick Reed got 3.5 of oh, those. Oh, that was... Sorry, but 2014, that was the famous uh, Tom Watson year where Tom Watson was the captain and it was the big thing where, okay, he came back after being a captain when he was younger and then he picked the guys a certain way. Phil called him out in the media. They rechanged the whole. So this was the Ryder Cup that changed everything and yet led to no different results for America and Europe. Exactly. That's the one. So, so Patrick Reed. September 28th, 2014, after the patch, after the Ryder Cup is over, Patrick Reed's won three PGA Tour events. He's a Ryder Cup, not hero because the United States didn't win, but he, he has proven himself. He's pretty much on top of the world right now. He's probably, I would say, the peak of, of, of what we're going to get to. Um, November 2014, excuse me, microphones catch Patrick Reed using the F word twice. Capping it off with another F word and a gay slur in a fit of rage over a three pet bogey. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So not a good look. So, so if you missed all of his cheating stuff in college and you've just been following the PGA tour career of Patrick Reed, this might be your first negative glimpse of the guy. He said he, he came out afterwards to apologize yesterday. I made a stupid error. Sorry for definitely the words that I said and everything that went on. Never should have happened. Unfortunately, it happened to me. I love how he says, it happened to me. You know, yeah. like, like he got hit by a bus, you know, or, or like his newspaper didn't come in the mail that day. Like, it, 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 unfortunately, it happened to me. All I can do is just learn from it, move on. Hopefully, continue to continue playing well and keep giving fans something to watch. Yeah, I don't care if he says fuck, but don't use gay slurs. Like, he, and as a matter of fact, in his apology, he should have separated those two things. He should have said, okay, I said this in the heat of the moment. I also said this in the heat of the moment, but this is something I shouldn't be saying at all. I need to do some self-reflection and take that tact with it. The fact that he's combining those two things is having the same level of importance and the same level of, like, thing that he did wrong, I think is wildly inappropriate, and that's an indication of his character right there. I don't like that at all. Right. And, and this is also the closest that he ever comes to, a, like, taking accountability for something and when i say this is the, the closest he comes unfortunately it happened to me that's the closest he comes in his professional career and his golf career to taking accountability for something he uses these profane language a gay slur and then his apology is unfortunately it happened for me it happened to me so anyways that's how he deals with that january 12th 2015 so about two months later, Patrick Reed wins his fourth PGA Tour title, the Hyundai Tournament of Champions. He goes out to Hawaii, picks up a nice win on the islands. He wins in a playoff over Jimmy Walker. It's about the most eventful thing that happens to Patrick Reed in 2015. <laughs> October a calm 8th. Year. A calm it is, year. It is a calm year. Sure. October 8th through 11th, 2015, he plays in his first President's Cup. Now, you know Patrick Reed as a – you may know him as a dominant performer for Team USA events, but he's not so good in the President's Cup, Joe. Oh, no. 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 Um, 
how about how about this Thursday foursomes? Uh, Ustazen and Grace win three and two over Patrick Reed and who? Spaith. Matt Kuchar. How about oh. that pairing? Yeah, I wonder why they I lost. Mean, you might not have known it while you were watching the 2015 Presidents Cup, but you hated that Kuchar Reed pairing. Yeah, I hate everything Matt Kuchar does. He is a Valium personified as a human being, and he's not a good dude. He's not a good dude. Okay, I want to do a deep dive on Kuchar after what Reed. Go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> Can't wait for that. It was the only USA lost during the opening session, so they went three and one. That was the only match they lost. Saturday morning, uh, Ustazen and Grace won three and two over Reed and Ricky Fowler. So Reed has not been playing with Jordan Spieth so far in this Presidents Cup. However, Saturday afternoon, Reed and Spieth paired together three and two win over Jason Day and Charles Schwartzel. That win on Saturday afternoon gives the USA a one point lead heading into. Sunday singles, Patrick Reed halves with Louis Oosthuizen in singles, goes 1-2-1 and one in the President's Cup. The United States wins by one point. Okay. I mean, look, it's the President's Cup. Unless Tiger is the captain in playing, I'm not too interested. Exactly. I don't think anybody – and that's why everybody still thought Patrick Reed was this great international yeah. performer because nobody really cared about what happened in the 2015 President's Cup. There's not enough history for it to matter to people, in my opinion. Exactly. August of 2016, and this is an event that recently came back into the spotlight, Patrick Reed wins the Barclays Championship at Bethpage Black by one stroke over Sean O'Hare and Emiliano Grillo, one of the FedEx Cup events, as you know. No big deal. Nobody really thinks about it until recently, in 2020, Peter Costas goes on No Laying Up and reveals, quote, I've seen Patrick Reed improve his lie up close and personal four times now. What? And now he's referring to this Barclays event. He put four or five clubs behind the ball. So he was basically Patrick Reed was in the rough and it was, I don't know what hole, but down the stretch of this Barclays championship, uh, which he won by one stroke. And he's in the rough. I want to say on a par five because he's pulling out all these different clubs. He ends up hitting a three wood. Um, Costa says he put four or five clubs behind the ball, kind of faking whether he was going to hit this shot or that shot or whatever. Uh, By the time he was done, he hit a freaking three wood out of there. When I saw it, it was a sand wedge layup originally. So basically, Peter Costas, they hit the, they hit the tee shot. Costas goes up to the ball in the rough, gets a good look at the lie, and they go, oh, Costas, so... What can you tell us about the lie there, Peter? And he goes, oh, well, it's not good. This is going to have to be a sandwich layup here. And then basically that's what happens. And then Patrick Reed grounds a bunch of clubs behind the ball, pushes the pushes the ground down a little bit, you know, does his little thing, and then hits a three-wood up there, ends up winning the tournament by a stroke. What an insight. I mean, I think major networks need to let more on-course announcers go so we get these sorts of stories. Peter Costas isn't telling this story if he's still working for CBS Sports. We're getting this insight because he no longer works for them. That's incredible. I mean, that has to put him in such a weird position to see with your eyes something that probably no one else has seen because the camera is not going to be able to pick that up. You are seeing that he is and, – and, and, and here's the gray area, right? Is it cheating? Is it not? It is cheating. But he's doing it in such a subtle way that he's able to get away with it and still win the tournament. That is 
Fascinating. What a piece of shit Patrick Reed is. Right. Exactly. And Peter Costas talks about this. Two things I will say you should check out. There is a YouTube video of this exact shot. Uh, it's very, very easy to find. So if you're if you're listening right now, just hit the pause button. Google 2016 Barclays Patrick Reed. It's going to pop right up. You're going to see exactly what we're talking about. Second of all, this Peter Costas interview on No Laying Up, they did not know exactly what they were getting into. And Costas just kind of goes off. And he's like, yeah, I've seen, I've seen him cheat four or five times. He goes into detail about this. And it's just like, whoa. And, and Costas is like, what? When I'm working for the broadcast, I cannot be the story. Therefore, I cannot say, hey, Patrick is cheating. I saw it. Because I can only report the story. So if, if somebody else were to call him out for cheating, you know, he could then report that. But basically, he's saying it's not my place to go in there and be like, no, I saw your lie. That's not, you know, that, that's not what it was. Um, but yes, very interesting. He goes on, wins that by a shot. Um, September 30th throughout October 2nd of 2016, the 2016 Ryder Cup at Hazeltine. It's Patrick Reed's second Ryder Cup. He was the fourth in USA in qualifying. He's ranked number eighth in the world heading into this Ryder Cup. Oh, sorry uh, to interrupt. He cheated. I'm watching the video right now. They have a close-up of the ball. Mm -hmm. They have a close-up of the ball. He puts the three-wood down. He, like, tamps it three times. Ah, You can probably see the shaft a lot of the times, too. You can, like see the shaft bend because he's like really like leaning on it. Oh man. Yeah. He, he, Oh, he really does it a lot. That's, that's fascinating. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, that that's, that's what, but I don't think at the time anybody was any the wiser until Costas brings this up four years later. So uh, a month, a month later, he goes to the 2016 Ryder cup at Hazeltine again. Uh, now this was this was his legendary Ryder Cup performance. Friday foursomes. Friday morning. Here we go. Speed and Wraith, three and two over Stenson and Rose. The United States went four and zero in that morning session. Friday afternoon, they get steamrolled five and four by Stenson and Rose. Uh, Reed playing with Jordan Spieth again. Saturday morning, Reed and Spieth have against Sergio Garcia and Rafa Cabrera Bello. Saturday afternoon, Reed and Spieth win 2-1 and one over Rose and Stenson. Sunday, singles, Reed 1-up over Rory McIlroy. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, a a uh, all-time Ryder Cup match, that was. Patrick Reed plays all five sessions, goes 3-1-1 one one overall. 2-1-1 one one with Jordan Spieth. United States gets a 17-11 victory. Patrick Reed becomes known as Captain America for his competition, for his performances in these international competitions. Whatever. I mean, how how many times did you uh, ever in your life refer to Patrick Reed as Captain America? Officially zero. But <laughs> I, I will say the match between him and Roy McIlroy is the greatest Ryder Cup match of my lifetime. There's just not even a question about it. The way the crowd was going and. The reason why it's such a great match is because of Rory. And what I mean by that is these matches were played on U.S. soil. And I don't think Patrick Reed would have reacted the same way in Europe as Rory was reacting in America. And what I mean by that is American crowds are used to Rory McIlroy. But 
European crowds are not used to Patrick Reed. So in a sense, because Rory was performing at such a high level, sure, they were cheering Patrick Reed and booing Rory McIlroy, the American crowd was, but there's a certain level of respect for Rory that I don't think Europe would have for Patrick Reed. Agreed 100%. So that's his 2016 Ryder Cup. October 2nd, 2016, significant date. Patrick oh. Reed reaches, reaches his highest career official world golf ranking. Care to take a gander? I do. I bet he finished. I bet it's four? Four. Seven. He's never been in the top five? What a stooge. I, that's surprising to me, too. But I have to fact check that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he did win the Masters <laughs> Invitational Golf Tournament, Nick. That need, does boost your fact, official might, golf ranking. Might need to fact check that one. But uh, hey, it's, it's in my notes. It must be true. Must be. 2017 President's Cup. We're just going to move right past that one. Yeah. Uh, Liberty National in New Jersey. Reed plays with Steve Speed in all four team matches. I'm going to spare you the blow-by-blow. I'm just going to tell you. They went 3-0-1 as a team. Reed and Spieth do. Uh, although Patrick Reed loses his singles match one up to Louis Oosthuizen, the United States wins 19 to 11 in the 2017 President's Cup. Yeah, all pretty standard. Sure. I mean, I would say it's it's significant. 3-0-1 with with Jordan Spieth in that in that cup is another. It's important because of what's going to happen here coming up in the Thank fall. Of 2018. I've been waiting for the breakup. This is this is just the anticipation's been killing me. These guys hate each other now. Tell me why. Well, let's well, slow your roll a little bit, Joe. <laughs> March 19th, 20, 2018, the Valspar Championship. On the 11th hole, Reed hits his approach on the far right side of the green and found his ball among the brush where TV cables were also present. A rules official was called over. Reed requested relief because he claimed he would have been standing on a cable. The official refused to grant Patrick Reed relief, arguing he would be arguing they would be taking an abnormal stance. Reed said, "Not if I take a seven iron." Then he calls for a seven iron from his caddy. An off-camera voice says, "Anyone else would get a drop out of there any day of the week." Patrick Reed says, "I guess my name needs to be Jordan Spieth, guys." Oh shit! Oh no! The rules official tells Patrick to play away. That's fine, Patrick replies. I want a third opinion. I'm allowed that. The rules official says, you want a third opinion? Reed backs off, says, yeah, I do. I want a third opinion from an unbiased source. <laughs> what a dick. God. Yeah. So wait a minute. You are allowed to get three opinions on a, on a ruling? Well, I, I would imagine that Reed's opinion is the first, because it sounds like this was the first rules I official see. that was... Sure, sure. Patrick Creed's opinion is, I want to improve my lie in every situation. Rules official says, I'm not going to do that. Sir, you're 80 yards from the green. You're not going to hit a seven iron right now. Mm-hmm. I think he was 10 yards from the green. Anyway, what? it doesn't matter. Ugh. Yeah. April 2018. This is as good as it gets. Patrick Creed. Reed shoots 69-66 to lead the 2018 Masters by two strokes after two rounds. He followed that up. He followed up that performance with two Eagles in the back nine for a 67 on Saturday. Entering the final round, he led by three strokes over Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy. Yeah. Missed. Okay. Can I rant about the second hole Dude, for a second? 
Absolutely. Okay. Roy McIlroy, the second hole at Augusta is a par five. Patrick Reed, I remember this so vividly. Patrick Reed had a bad first hole, a bad second hole. So Rory picks up a shot on Patrick Reed in the first hole. On the second hole, Patrick Reed hits an average tee shot. It's a par five, so he's going to make a par either way. Rory hits his second shot to three feet for eagle. He has an eagle putt from three feet away. If he makes this putt, he has made up three strokes in two holes on Patrick Reed with 16 to go. And in my estimation, the tournament is over because Patrick Reed, his mind has to be completely messed up at that point. Roy McIlroy misses the eagle putt from three feet. He makes birdie. But to me, that's when Rory lost the tournament. He was not a factor the rest of the round because if he makes that putt, the whole deficit is made up in two holes, Nick. And I remember watching that live so vividly thinking there's no way Rory's going to win now because the Masters is the one for Rory. That's always the bugaboo. He'd have the career Grand Slam. He'd had everything accomplished in the game of golf by the age of 30 and him missing that putt because short putts are his kryptonite. That's the one weakness in his game. And for him to do that with an opportunity to absolutely come back and be tied with Patrick Reed at that moment, I think totally disrupted his flow. It changed the whole course of the tournament. 100% spot on. 100%. I remember watching exactly. You know what the craziest thing? There's only been one master since then. I was thinking about this. If I can digress for a second, if we do get a masters in November, the sweet part about this is we're going to get two masters in six <laughs> months. That's amazing. Two masters yeah. in a six month span. Yeah. But as you described that, like I'm, I'm watching it in my head and it feels like from like 2005, but yeah. this was, there's only been one master since then. It's it was been, two years ago. Yeah. It was two years ago. It's that not that long ago. And Rory, had, he he did. He hit that shot in there so close. And you're like, oh, my God, Rory's going to win this thing. It's Rory's time, finally. Like, let's go. And um, anyways, Rory faltered. Reed fought off. The final round, comeback bids of Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler. I mean, it, this tournament in and of itself, Patrick Reed did slay three of the you know most well-known dragons as you could say jordan spieth roy mcelroy ricky fowler uh to win the green jacket he shot a one under 71 in the final round not spectacular but he finished at minus 15 shout as out. we know i have to interrupt and shout out ricky yeah. fowler i'm gonna shout out ricky fowler because my dude birdie the 72nd hole to make patrick reed sweat roy mcelroy was not a factor at that point Ricky was two shots back on 18. He made a birdie on the 72nd hole, forcing Patrick Reed to make a par to win that tournament. Shout out, Ricky. Shout out, Patrick. It was a good tournament. It was really good. It was. As you know from our trivia episode, if you haven't listened, please do. Ricky Fowler was one of only four players ever that year to finish minus 14 and not win. Nick, can you name another? Phil Mickelson, David Duvall. Want to see Tom Kite maybe on that list? <laughs> Tom, Tom Kite's on all the lists of people who didn't it do was. <laughs> Um Patrick Reed moved up to number 11 in the OWGR and collected a paycheck of $1.98 million for that Ooh. victory. That green jacket's got to feel good when it's got a $2 million jack- check in the <laughs> breast pocket. Yeah. June 18th, or June of 2018, Patrick Reed finishes fourth in the U.S. Open. Joe? 
I bet you didn't know this stat. That gives him three consecutive top four finishes in majors. He finished second in the 2017 PGA. He won the 2018 Masters and fourth in the 2018 U.S. Open. Okay, so the PGA, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so I don't sorry. Care. You're not going to offend me. Just say it. The PGA Championship was a golf tournament that they call a major, so I'm not going to well, count that as a major. He, well, he still beat. Okay, well, you can't just not count it as a major, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, he still beat 150 whatever other yeah. guys. Yeah. That's amazing. 20 of them are club pros, but still amazing. And well, it's better than the 20 amateurs they put in the Masters. See, I love it. I, love, I knew you were going to defend your organization. Good for you, damn it. You're a company man. That's great. <laughs> so, no, it's an incredible accomplishment. Winning the Masters and finishing top five in the U.S. Open. It's, it's incredible. And that was the one that was at Shinnecock, which is just an absolute batshit hard golf course. So, very, very... To come off the Masters and still be that focused to play that good on that golf course is, is very impressive. Yeah. All, all I'm saying is he had three straight top fours in majors. I mean, nobody's arguing what's a major and what's not. Okay. You know, I watched the 86 Masters today, and they, they congratulate Jack on his 20th major championship. So, you know what? Who, who's splitting hairs here? Yeah, that's a very good point. When I was rewatching that, too, I found it very interesting that as recently as 1986, they were still calling the U.S. Amateur a major. Yeah. Like, like, I would love to figure out from, like, an old-timey golf writer, like, what was the exact moment we decided U.S. Amateur does not count anymore as a major championship? And, like, who was the push behind that? There must be some sort of, like, big-time golfer who did not win a lot of U.S. Amateurs or any who, like, basically went up the ranks and other people went down based on U.S. Amateur titles. Because Bobby Jones would be a hell of a lot higher on that list if they had U.S. Amateurs on it. Anyway, sorry, continue. Next time on At The Turn. <laughs> you never know. Keep the quarantine going. July 26, 2018, the Porsche European Open. This is a funny one. This is just in here for our entertainment. Okay, great. Apparently, a cameraman or member of the TV crew was rattling change in his pocket as uh, Patrick Reed was trying to hit a greenside shot. Now, wait, is Which, this according? Is this according to Patrick Reed? Yeah. Okay, great. So Patrick Reed steps off his shot. And he, he lets his caddy, also his brother-in-law, Kessler Corain, confront the crew. Kessler says, you're rattling change in your pocket. That's what I'm looking at you for. After telling them to stop, Reed took things further. You know what? No. Y'all need to go over to there, to that side of the green. Camera guy, you too. Sorry. Because he's part of you. He lost privileges by going like that with a change. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Ridiculous? Which... It really makes me wonder, first of all, again, hit pause right now, pull this up on YouTube, the 2018 Porsche European Open, Patrick Reed. It's a very funny exchange, this whole thing. You don't get in the exchange what noise, you can't hear the noise, but I would absolutely love it if there's literally just a camera guy with a bunch of change in his pocket just jingling around, just being a dick because he's Fuck like, Fuck you, oh, Reed. <laughs> Like, that's Which is exactly happening. what I that's exactly what I envision when I watch this reaction. I'm like, oh, the guy was totally fucking with him, like totally doing it on purpose, like some slime bag in the corner club open, just standing there to be an asshole. I could totally see it. So this would be funny. The commentators, so after this whole ordeal, like huh? literally the, the camera guy walks to the other side of the green. Patrick Green hits a shot. He hits his, a pretty good shot, like three feet. 
the commentators in the European accents, the European tour event. It'll be tough to see how he gets on without a camera there. Somebody had a great line for that once, referring to, like, hearing change. They pulled out a note and went over and said, hey, you have any change for this bill, please? So that would have been the cool way to deal with the situation. Slightly on the aggressive side, you might say there. Yeah, I don't think Patrick Reed deals with many tense situations in a very cool way. Like, that would be very out of character based on what we've heard so far for him to pull out a 50 and say, here, do you have change for this? Like, that's how James Bond deals with that situation. Patrick Reed has his, what's his brother-in-law's name? Kessler Corain. If you say so, go up to him, be the muscle, and tell him you get your ass to the other side of the creek. <laughs> also, team, quick, for, no, I'm sorry. The Porsche International, what is it called? The Porsche European Porsche Championship? European Open. That's what I put down. Sounds like a made-up golf tournament, but that's all right. Anyways. All right, we're going to move to a real golf tournament, the Please. 2018 Dell Championship. Oh, now we're talking. We're going off the course for this one, Joe. This is what Patrick Reed tweets regarding his PGA Tour issued tickets to the Boston Red Sox game. Thank you, at PGA Tour, for the tickets to the at Red Sox game tonight. I love how you put my wife, sister-in-law, and myself in the line drive section. (laughs) We paid $650 to upgrade our seats and ended up in the same section as the rest of the at PGA Tour Hashtag front row, which why is he hashtagging front row? Yeah, Patrick Reed does not know how to use Twitter. He's complaining about free tickets in the line drive zone. Bro, you're at Fenway. Just have a great time. Enjoy yourself. So, and then he complains that he had to upgrade to sit with the other PGA Tour players who should be his colleagues and friends that he could enjoy this sort of experience with. And he's like, get out of here, Harris English. I'll beat your ass again. <laughs> Exactly. And if you go through the comments, okay, don't pause the podcast and go look up this tweet. It's it's not worth it. But if you ever find yourself on some drunken Friday night, stumbling across this tweet, read the comments because everyone's like, "What's your point? Like, what? I don't understand what you're complaining Doing. about. Like, you paid extra, or because you're in the line drive set, you're in the front row at Fenway. Like, what's what, what's the problem here? Like, nobody can really figure that out. Still, I'm 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 gonna look this tweet up while you keep going. Okay, well, it was from August of 2018, so so good luck with that. Can't wait. Um, September of 2018, Joe. This yeah. is not that long ago. What happened no. in September 2018? The 2018 Ryder Cup at Le Golf National. Oh. Patrick Reed on the team through qualifying once again. He's ranked over 15 in the world. Joe, looks like you just found something. No, I'm just remembering this Ryder Cup, which feels like six months ago, but also three years ago, because it also coincided with a golf trip. Sorry, I just, I verbalized yeah. something I shouldn't have. Please continue. Oh, nope. good. So, um, Patrick Reed loses his Friday four-ball match, three and one, to Molinari and Fleetwood. You'll remember that, uh, that the epic pairing of Molinari and Fleetwood. I, I think, what, what was the nickname? Tommy Wood? That sounds right. Yeah, something like that. It was, it was obnoxious by the end of this stupid tournament. Friday foursomes, Reed sits. Saturday four ball, Reed loses four and three to Molinari and Fleetwood again. Saturday foursomes, Reed sits. Sunday singles, Reed wins, the only win, a three and two singles win over Tyrell Hatton. He goes one, two, and zero, sits two of the four group sessions. Joe, 
What is the elephant in the room I'm ignoring? Jordan Spieth. He does not play with Jordan Spieth. Why? He does not. They played Jordan so well Spieth. together. Friday four balls. Jordan Spieth pairs with his buddy Justin Thomas to win one up over Casey and Hatton. USA leads three to one after the morning session. Reed's loss was the only USA loss that morning session. So, after this whole ordeal, so Reed goes one and two in the afternoon. Let's see, where, where are we at right here? The United States loses 17 and a half to 10 and a half after the tournament. Here's Reed's comments. He, he's outspoken about this. Quote, the issue's obviously with Jordan not wanting to play with me. I don't have any issue with Jordan. When it comes right down to it, I don't care if I like the person I'm paired with or if the person likes me as long as it works and sets up the team for success because Patrick Reed is such a team guy. He and I know how to make each other better. We know how to get the job done. Now, I'll say this in the defense of Patrick Reed. Just because you don't like somebody doesn't mean you can't produce good results with them. I think a lot of people in radio and television, present company excluded, don't actually like each other off the air. But that doesn't mean they're not producing a good product on the air. And I think the same goes for Patrick Reed and Jordan Spieth. But I think Jordan Spieth just doesn't want to be around Patrick Reed for that length of time, which I don't necessarily blame him. But I do put this on Jordan. you got to rise above. What's more important? You having a good time with your buddy, Justin Thomas, which, go with God, it, fine, if that's what you want to do. Bring home the stinking cup for America. Don't worry about spending time with Patrick Reed. Worry about winning points where you need them. Well, Joe, in your defense, Jordan and Patrick Reed had gone 5-1-2 and two in their matches previously in 2014 and 2016. That's pretty good. Patrick Reed... Meanwhile, complaining about not being paired with Jordan Spieth. Who was he paired with, Joe? Tiger fucking Woods. (laughs) He's playing with Tiger Woods, and he's going to the podium saying, I don't know why they couldn't get these pairings right. This is ridiculous. It's his problem. Yada, yada, yada. You got to win with Tiger. You got to win with Tiger. You're playing with Tiger. You don't get paired with Tiger and then go and complain about your pairing because you lost. For some context, that was very close after Tiger got his first win in five years at the Tour Championship in 2018. So Tiger was kind of running on fumes at that point. At least that was the narrative. So Tiger did not have a great Ryder Cup. Perhaps Patrick wanted to point, I don't know, I'm not good at gun analogies, but he wanted to basically... <laughs> Let's keep it that way. He, yeah, right? He wanted to accuse someone of being the reason for the lack of his success. And you're not going to say that about Tiger Woods, obviously, especially in a public forum. If you go play two matches with Tiger Woods, are you going to go up and blame your poor poor performance on the pairings? Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to go up to the mic and say, (laughs) look, you know, Tiger didn't have it today. Um, I I hit a lot of fairways, hit a lot of greens, and, and, and Tiger just let me down. Hopefully he bounces back tomorrow. Well, he doesn't mention Tiger, but... He's he blaming can't. the pair. He's he's blaming the pairings, and he's paired with Tiger Woods. He can't outright say Tiger the, is the reason we lost. What he can say is Jordan Spieth is a coward. No, and doesn't want to be my partner. You That's what he can say. You cannot be asked about the loss 
and bring up the pairings when you were paired with Tiger Woods, period, end of story. I don't care how bad Tiger's back was hurting. Tiger went on to win the Masters like four months after this. So don't tell me that he couldn't handle it. I mean, you don't you also what you also can't do is steal four hundred dollars from your college teammate. But Patrick Reed has a habit the next day. He has a habit of doing things <laughs> he's not supposed to do. He also goes on to attack Jim Furyk verbally, saying, "For somebody as successful in the Ryder Cup as I am, I don't think it's smart to sit me twice." So Captain Furyk is the is the, is, is the reason. Ridiculous. Imagine the drama and bullshit that Furyk had to put up with at that Ryder Cup. God. Well, you would think after something like this that, that a male like Patrick Reed would never be picked for a team event again, especially if the person doing the picking may or may not be the partner you were paired with who you just threw under the bus. I don't know. We'll His record's we'll, we'll pretty find, good. We'll find out later on what happens. So we're going to move forward to 2019. February 1st, 2019, Reed is granted honorary life membership on the European tour. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't <laughs> even, I really, I really don't know. I don't know. Does that mean he has a lifetime exemption into any event in Europe? I assume so. See, at that point, I'm gone. I'm living in Europe. I've got a house in Sweden. I've got a house in the south of France. I got one on an island in Italy, and I'm done. I'm done with America. I'm living over there. I'm going to show up. I'm going to get fat. I'm going to drink a lot. And He's that's all I'm going to do. He, he is already fat. Apologies. But, but I don't he know. doesn't care what people think about him, clearly. That, yeah, I suppose. He's that. not trying to escape anything. I think it only helps him. And we're going to find out what he does in the 2019 Hero World Challenge, Joe. Does he Pat- win? <laughs> no. It's a limited field event. He does not win. In the third round, he's hit with a two-stroke penalty after clearly, deliberately scooping sand from behind his ball in a waste bunker with quote-unquote practice swings. Yeah. Reed agreed to the two-stroke penalty after reviewing video, claiming he did not know he was moving the sand. Okay. If you're listening, hit the pause button. Do a quick search for this. Patrick Reed 2019 Hero World Challenge. You'll see the video. It is clear. It is deliberate. There is no arguing it. It's clearly just whatever. This is the most homework we have forced our patrons to do. I'm just giving a uh, visual representation of what we're talking about. If you're listening to the uh, one hour and 15th minute of this podcast, you know who Slugger White is. Slugger White had this to say. You could see the club did, did get behind the ball closer. And then when he took it away, you could see the path of the sand come away in two different occasions, Slugger White said. He did it the first time, and he put the club down again, and he did it another time. But that's irrelevant, saying intent. is intent is irrelevant. It doesn't make any difference. Basically, Slugger White is saying, yeah, he stuck his club in the sand. He moved backwards to brush the sand away. Then he did it again to brush even more sand away. Then he hit his shot. Patrick Green said. So this was a – it's like a waste bunker. So grounding your club in and of itself. It's not a penalty, um, but improving your lie still is a penalty. Uh, just to clarify, Patrick Reed had this to say. I was far enough away from the ball because when I take my practice swings anyways, I don't ever put the club directly behind the ball because I'm always scared of the ball moving. I'm always going to give myself some room, basically between his club and the ball, especially on practice swings. 
after seeing the camera angle, because it brushed the sand, it's a penalty. It's a big part in temp. But at the same time, when you only have one camera angle, that's all you can go off of. What Patrick Reed right here is saying is that there was tons of space between the ball and his club. And if you had a side view where you could see between the ball and his club, it would have shown there was all this space and he was taking a practice swing that was very far away from the ball and brushing the sand away that wasn't interfering with his ball. But since you could only see the one angle, it looked at the sand that he was moving away from his ball was right behind it. So clearly it's the broadcast's fault mm-hmm. that we couldn't tell what was going on. It's it's certainly not Patrick Reed's. It's not Patrick Reed's no. fault, no. But since he is such a gentleman, he accepted the two-stroke penalty because he couldn't argue with the camera angle. Brooks Kepka had this to say. I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know what he was doing, building sandcastles in the sand, but you know where, you're, you know where your club is. It's one of those things where you know, if you look at the video, obviously he grazes the sand twice, and then he still chops down on it. Well, Brooks is the anti-Patrick. I mean, Brooks just tells it like it is. He doesn't really care what anyone thinks about him, but not like in a very sort of acerbic and confrontational way like Patrick Reed. Like, Brooks just does it because I don't think he really respects the game of golf. He just happens to be really good at it. So he doesn't really, like, follow the decorum that you're supposed to follow as a professional golfer. He just happens to be one of the best professional golfers. Well, it's it's very interesting. I didn't put this in here. Um, but Brooks goes on to say, like, I think within the last two weeks, like, I want to be paired with, with, with Patrick Reed in the Ryder Cup. He's like, yeah, I, I called him out for cheating because he was cheating, but that doesn't mean I don't think he's a great competitor and still want to play with him in the Ryder Cup. Which is- See, I like that. I like people that don't necessarily stick to a specific narrative and say, well, I called out Patrick Reed, so I have to always dislike Patrick Reed. He's like, no, he cheated doing this one thing, but he's also really good at this other thing, so I want to do that other thing with him, and I still think he's a cheater. The two can both exist simultaneously. At this point, Joe, if you were in Brooks Kepka's shoes, would you want to ever be associated with Patrick Reed? Like, what if Brooks Kepka and Patrick Reed play together all four matches in the 2020 Ryder Cup? They dominate. They have this, like, huge, like, they, they just, like, are that buzzsaw, like, like Tommy Wood or whatever, whatever those two guys were. Would you want to be associated with him? Would you want to be part of that? Would you just rather play with DJ, go two, two and one, and whatever? No, I mean, Brooks, I think, is is on a different level because he's had such this crazy run in majors that he is sort of exempt from any sort of stink that could possibly be on him being associated with Patrick Reed. And also, he is known for two things. He's known, well, three things. He's known for being a super bro, winning majors, and not giving a shit. So I don't think anything that Patrick Reed could potentially pass on to him as far as ill will would stick. I think he's Teflon. He's, I, in my opinion, besides Tiger, he's the most infallible golfer we have right now. Okay. So we are going to move. So right, like a week after this whole sand castles in the sand incident, late twenty nineteen, uh, the, the Hero World Challenge is the President's Cup in Australia. That happened. Another eventful week for Patrick Reed for Team Reed. Um. So Patrick Reed's caddy, Kessler Corain, Justine's brother, gets banned from Sunday's singles oh, to the President's nice. Cup. <laughs> I, I could tell as I'm reading this, you were just remembering. I could not forget. Oh, my God. His yeah, caddy attacked the man on the grounds of the President's Cup. 
and gets banned from Sunday singles. So basically, some fan came up to Patrick Reed less than a week after he's cheating and says, uh, hey, Patrick, you fucking suck. So Kessler <laughs> gets off the golf cart. This is a quote from Kessler. I got off the cart and shoved him, said a couple things, probably a few expletives. Security came, and I got back on the cart and left. I don't think there's one caddy I know that could blame me. Unless his bones break like Mr. Glass, then the most harm done was a spilled beer, which is which I'm more than happy to reimburse him for. So Kessler gets off a golf cart, shoves a fan who believes that Patrick Reed sucks, gets banned from Sunday singles match. He's kicked out of the President's Cup. And he thinks he's a tough guy because he bullied a fan and said, eh, any caddy would do the same thing. And it's like, eh, you know, Steve Williams would do the same thing. That's probably about it. Exactly. On the course, um, oh, this is... <laughs> So on the course, Patrick Reed gets stuck with Webb Simpson or vice versa. Webb Simpson gets stuck with Patrick Reed. But that duo did not do well. They, they lost on Thursday. Uh, they lost 3-2 and two on Friday. Saturday morning, they lost 5-3. and three. Um, Patrick Reed sits Saturday afternoon. Patrick Reed, um, does he win his Sunday singles 4-2? and two? He does. Uh, so he goes 1-3 and three overall in the President's Cup. He did not play any of those matches with Jordan Spieth because Jordan Spieth did not qualify for Team USA for this President's Cup. United States wins 16-11. to Yeah, I mean, Patrick Reed was kind of a footnote at the end of the day other than his caddy. This was all about Tiger with the good record as captain. This was, this was Tiger's President's Cup. It was. The United States won on a, on a big Sunday charge. When it's all said and done... Patrick Reed's team competition record. He was he's five, six, and one in the President's Cup. Not very good there. Ryder Cup, Ryder Cup, seven, three, and two. So yeah. you can't argue with that. With Jordan Spieth in these team competitions, seven, one, and three. That's amazing. Stop so breaking they, them up. They played eleven times and lost once. Correct. Damn good. Wow. The overall record in the Presidents and Ryder Cups, 12, 9, and 3. Still pretty good, but not as good. Not, you know, probably if you look at that record, you would not say he's going to nickname, uh, be nicknamed Captain America. I bet if you put that record up against any American golfer over that time period, it's probably the best of those combined. For sure, over that time period, yeah. But are you are you nicknaming somebody who's 12, 9, and 3 a Captain America? I mean, no. I don't know. I mean, the Bulls went 72 and 10. I mean, that's something that you give a nickname for. You know, 12, 9, and 3. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you're going to, like, an average bowl game. Okay, two things. That Bulls team does not have a nickname. <laughs> the other thing is... Maybe they should. Maybe they should. Let's come up with one. Well, I haven't seen the whole last dance. Maybe they come up with one. Um, Patrick Reed... Needs to lead America to a win in Europe. Otherwise, his Ryder Cup stats are null and void. That's just a reality. That's the thing America can't do. Europe is better at this than we are. And until Patrick Reed leads America into that, he shouldn't have any sort of Captain America nickname. Well, this is its a very good point. This, this is the, basically the end that I have for my notes on Patrick Reed. Just a couple of things to sum up. As it brings me to, into a good question. So January 10th, 2020, just my last note I have on Patrick Reed. Um, through his et- attorneys, Patrick Reed warns Brandel Shamley to stop calling him a cheater on the Golf Channel. I mean, a better way to have Brandel <laughs> Shamley stop calling you a cheater is to stop cheating. Try that. I agree. 100%. So, just to sum up Patrick Reed's career resume. Currently, he's number seven in the official world golf rankings. Eight PGA Tour wins. One major. 
two WGCs, two FedEx Cup playoff wins, four top tens in majors, including the most recent major. He finished 10th in the 2019 British Open. That is Patrick Reed for you, Joe. That's a good resume. Um, hats off to you for doing all this research. That was that was a very in-depth look at Patrick Reed, the life and times of the 2018 Masters champion. I don't really have any more thoughts. And also, we've been... I mean, how long have we been talking about Patrick Reed now? We should probably, probably, probably put a bow on it, huh? Yeah, I mean... Um... The only question I have, because he's still young, and uh, is there anything Patrick Reed can do at this point in his career to, to change his reputation, the way people look at him? Yeah, but it's going to take a long time. He'll have to spend the... So he's going to turn 30 this year. His 20s, pretty rocky. He's going to have to spend his 30s rehabilitating his image. And... I was a dumbass in my 20s, at least for some of it. So I can understand some of the indiscretions. The cheating stuff, I can't really abide. But I think he has an opportunity to do it. He's going to have to make a conscious effort to change the way he's perceived. Based on some interviews that I saw with him from tournaments earlier in the year, he's making no effort whatsoever. I think that if he is able to lead America to victories in Europe, in the Ryder Cup, a lot of his past indiscretions will be forgiven. I would disagree with that 100%. How so? I don't think, well, I don't think that, I don't think people will forgive him for for his, I don't think anybody wants to know, be known as a person who is a, a defender of Patrick Reed at this point. People, myself included, I was probably one of the last guys to give him the benefit of the doubt, but there's only so much you can be accused of cheating in golf before people just say, that's it, we're done. And I, th- I just think people are done. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll take a long time, like I said, for him to get to a point where people would be able to say, you know what, Patrick Reed was a dumbass in his 20s, but look at what he's done over the past six years. He's reached out to charities. He's turned over a new leaf. He's won these majors. <laughs> Ryder Cup is coming back home to America ripping it from European soil, pushing Ian Poulter in the water, like all that kind of stuff. (laughs) I'm not saying it is a likely path, but I'm saying there is one for him to rehabilitate his image. All right. Well, we shall see what Patrick Reed's 30s hold for him. If you are still listening to this podcast, God bless you. You are one of the most dedicated fans of At The Turn. Plenty of more quarantine content to come in the following weeks. Very excited about an idea that I had a couple of hours ago that Nick agreed to for a podcast that we're going to do upcoming. Nick, I may want to record this one on Sunday. I'm so excited about it. Let's do it. I also think we need another trivia episode in the next 7 to 10 to 14 days. I do, too. And if you are not a friend or family member of myself or Nick, you can still participate in Trivia Night. In fact, we would encourage you to do so. And if we do have another trivia night soon, we will put up the link and we encourage all of you to join. Nick, again, I can't thank you so much for all the work you did preparing for this podcast. I don't think there's any doubt this is our longest one to date. So we did it. I smell dinner cooking. I have to get another beer. So I'm going to sign off, Nick. All right. We'll talk to you later. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.